is true. One, we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. To truly unravel the simulation theory, we must ask ourselves some mind-boggling questions. Are we experiencing the original reality now, or are we inside of a simulation? Who are the original simulators? Why did they create the simulation? What's the point of the simulation? Do we respawn in other simulations when we die? Here's another question. Is it unethical to produce artificially intelligent simulations that are inhabited by AI-conscious beings that can suffer? Should we allow this to happen in the future? Who is the observer in this simulation? Are we observing the simulation, or are we being observed? If this sounds crazy or impossible to you, then you've not been keeping up with the world of emerging technologies and virtual reality. Gaming, visual effects, and AI research have reached new thresholds of realism. We are on the cusp of creating a true simulated future. We know that if we continue to progress in this direction, that the simulated games of the future will look and feel as real as any reality we've ever experienced. Virtual reality is the bridge into our simulated future. All of the primary pieces of a simulation are already in place. The computing power, quantum processing, virtual reality technologies, the internet, wearable technologies, AI research, EEG technologies, these are all here now. It is the amalgamation of these emerging technologies that will inevitably cause the artificially intelligent simulation to begin. Or, is our current reality just a level up in an infinite recursive fractal simulation? Has this all happened before? Will it happen again? What are the simulators looking for? Maybe we are in a quantum state of superposition with boundary awareness protocols coded into the system, making it impossible to inhabit the minds of multiple conscious beings at any given moment. In other words, imagine simulating 7 billion human scenarios all at the same time. Imagine the variations of experiences and information that you could gather if you were a future machine studying the emotions and behavior of ancestor simulated humans. This may be one reason or purpose if we are, in fact, inside of a simulation. Or they might be looking for the original developers of the AI simulation. This procedurally generated algorithmic reality that we currently find ourselves in might be the product of an advanced future civilization that realized that they were inside of an AI simulation themselves. Maybe they wanted to run ancestor simulations to see how it happened to them, to see if they could communicate between levels or multi-simulations. If the cosmos is a machine or a quantum computer, why would it create human simulations? Why would a computer want to create flesh beings like us? Maybe humans have become extinct in the future, and humanoid machines that have inherited the Earth want to study humans just the way we would want to study dinosaurs. Maybe these future humanoids want to be human. Maybe we are their avatars. To me, Ray Kurzweil's singularity theory sounds like the beginning of the AI simulation. The moment an artificially intelligent machine can self-replicate and upgrade its own operating system, it will inevitably run digital AI simulations. 
It will create worlds within worlds filled with simulated beings. Why would it do this? The same reason we are trying to create artificially intelligent machines. Simply, out of pure curiosity. Finally, why would any technologically advanced human civilization create an ancestor AI simulation? The answer to this question might be unbelievably simple. The entire point of the AI simulation may be to see how long it takes the simulated beings inside of the simulation to figure out that they are simulated, or to see how long it takes us to create our own AI simulation. and from inside the vortex everything's clear you cannot lead from behind and if you are not in the vortex then you have nothing to give anyone sometimes people say Abraham it seems like you teach selfishness and we say we really 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 do because selfishness let's define it 
Selfishness means vibrational alignment with self. And in order to understand that, you got to know who self really is. Self is source. Self is pure positive energy. Self is worthy. Self is clear-minded. Self is healthy. Self is full of vitality. Self is eager about life. And when you are willing to be selfish, which means you're willing to release the thoughts that hold you apart from that and practice the thoughts that cause you alignment with that, which simply means you're selfish enough to care how you feel. That's when they call it selfish. People say, oh, you're so selfish. You're pleasing you. And what they mean is you should please me. You're selfish because you please you and I'm not selfish because I think you should please me instead of you. There's some screwy reasoning going on. And every time it matters to you to please them instead of you. Oh, it's such short term game. Such short term because together and then, and then graft it with animals and shit. That's when you're oh, like, really? all right, that's when you're like, I can't believe this. Do you believe the black man has been oppressed? Yes. Do you believe that the black man, is, the knowledge of the, of the real black man has been uh, hidden from him? Yes. Do you believe that once a black man gets the true lessons about his nature and who he is in the world and his divine purpose, that he will transform? Yes. Do you believe the red-headed white people are the end result of the albino mutant mating with a fox? <laughs> no! But you're a sellout, brother. You are a sellout. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mating with a fox? <laughs> like, what? What? Talking about heaven glory, but on your face is a different story. Clean up your rap, your story's getting dusty. Wash out your mouth, your lies are getting rusty. Can't believe nothing you say. Cause I'm around and I see what you do. You know you're funkier than a mosquito tweeter. You got a mouth like a herd of bold weavers. Same old game, same old thing. You never change, always rapping about the same old thing. I got something to tell you. I got something to tell you, baby. You blew your chance, that's why you never last You 
wanna be a graduated mother But in reality you're just another brother You think you slick but you could stand a lot of greasing The things you do ain't never really pleasing Can't believe nothing you say I'm around to see what you do You know you're funkier than a mosquito streeter You got a mouth like a herd of bulls But peace and love is a famous generation What's in your head is really started showing Your conversation is getting kind of boring Can't believe nothing you say Cause I'm around and I see what you do You know you're a than a mosquito streeter You got a mouth like a herd of bold weavers Same old game, same old game structure where I actually I'm gonna tell you something right now dude and I mean this with a hundred percent I swear to God on my mother and everything I could think of standing inside of LACMA there's this installation uh -huh. there's uh, decomposed granite it's a huge rock mm -hmm. it's just like this flat land I stood underneath this tunnel underneath this rock and I looked up and there was a floating silver sphere that was just floating there for mad long And I, I was on the phone with my friend. I looked up, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this thing? It was just floating there, kind of just sitting there. Yeah. And people came and I directed, I was like, hey, do you guys see this shit? It was so far, we kind of had to squint, but it was just a, a silver sphere that was just floating there. It was it was perfectly still, it was not going anywhere. And everyone was like, yeah, I see that shit, what is that? What is this one talking about? This is where I saw the fucking UFO. Wait, why you were standing I here? Knew, I was standing right by underneath, by that rock. And you looked up in the sky? And that's I looked up in the sky, higher than a helicopter. It was just a silver sphere. And it was catching the sun, it was reflecting the light. It wasn't no uh, balloon or no shit like that. It was not moving. It was not a drone. It was just sitting there. And it sat there for about an hour. I, I pointed it out to probably about 50 people. And they all saw it. Like, yeah, I don't know what that is. And then what did it do? No, it just stayed there. It just stayed there. Did, and it never, think, did you leave? And then it was there for, I was there for a couple of hours, walking back and forth, talking to people. Like, well, do you see that? Yeah, we see that. We see that. And finally, I think I went inside or something like that. I came back and it just wasn't there anymore. But that was, that was my first, I can honestly say, I don't know what that was. It was not no balloon. It was not no drone. And it stood suspended perfectly, reflecting the yeah, sunlight for about a fucking hour. That's probably what it was. It's probably, you know, 
How, uh, one of those things. Have you seen those things? About I've the seen spheres? something like that. I haven't seen the spheres. I've seen the lights. I swear to God, I pointed yeah. it out to so many yeah. people. Yeah. A silver sphere. And then yeah. I went back online. There's a rise in people spotting this, these spheres. Mm -hmm. You can go online. They have videos of them. Huh? Just a, a perfect silver sphere. I remember walking and I saw this light. I was in there and it's late, lot, lot, you know, like this Mexican light. I'm gonna say Mexican. Like, just laughing. Cause I was like, as well as for the scientist, is the shaman. The shaman is the figure at the beginning of human history that unites the doctor, the scientist, and the artist into a single notion of caregiving and creativity. And I think that, you know, to whatever degree art over the past several centuries has wandered in the desert, it is because this shamanic function has been either suppressed or forgotten. And we've, uh, different images of the artist have been held up at different times. Uh, the artist as a handmaiden of a ruling class or family, the artist as designer. This notion of the artist as mystical journeyer, as one who goes into a world unseen by others and then returns to tell them of it, was pretty much lost in the post-medieval and Renaissance conception of art up until the late 19th century or early 20th century, where, beginning with the Romantics, there is a new permission to explore the irrational. This really is the bridge back to the archaic shamanic function of the artist, permission to explore the irrational. The precondition for creativity is, I think, disequilibrium, what mathematicians now call chaos. And out of this, I believe, arises implicitly a set of principles that we can then apply to the human artist. We want to catalyze consciousness. We want to move it faster toward its goals, whatever those goals are. It's uh, been a kind of uh, every man for himself situation. Now, what we really need, what I'm hopeful for, and what I actually see happening, I mean, I think that the birth of a new kind of humanity is going to take place, but there are still a lot of decisions to be made. How violent shall this birth be? What toll shall it take upon our mother, the earth? These are the decisions that artists can mediate and control. 
And the failure of moral courage is perhaps most evident in our own community, the community of, of the artists. In a way, it's the poets that have failed us because they have not uh, provided a song or sung a vision that we could all move in concert to. So now we are in the absurd position of being able to do anything and what we are doing is fouling our own nest and pushing ourselves toward planetary toxification and extinction. This is because the poets, the artists, have not articulated a moral vision. The moral vision must come from the unconscious, that art's task is to save the soul of mankind, and that anything less is a dithering while Rome burns. Because if the artists who are self-selected for being able to journey into the other, if the artist cannot find the way, then the way cannot be found. Reconnect the notion of the good, the true, and the beautiful. Then use psychedelics to empower the artist to go into this vast dimension that surrounds human history on all sides to an infinite depth and return from that world with the transcendental images that can lift us to a new cultural level. The muse is there. You only have to avail yourselves of these shamanic tools to rediscover a nature. Now, in order for this to happen, there is an obligation upon each one of us to carry our ideas clearly. Because in the same way that a gene must be copied correctly to be replicated, or it will cause some pathological... I need a piece to be mellow. A piece to be mellow. A piece to be mellow. Time is a long, 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 long time.
long, 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 long time before that dawn. discovered recently and which may not exist at all. I may be talking about something that does not exist. Therefore, I'm free to say everything or nothing. I, in my stories and novels, often write about counterfeit worlds, semi-real worlds, as well as deranged private worlds, inhabited often by just one person, while meantime the other characters either remain in their own worlds throughout or are somehow drawn into one of the peculiar ones. This theme occurs in the corpus of my 27 years of writing. 
At no time did I have a theoretical or conscious explanation for my preoccupation with these pluriform pseudo-worlds, but now I think I understand. What I was sensing was the manifold of partially actualized realities lying tangent to what evidently is the most actualized one, the one which the majority of us by consensus gentium agree on. You are free to believe me or to disbelieve, but please take my word on it that I am not joking. This is very serious, a matter of importance. I wrote out these dreams in novel after novel, story after story. I cite The Man in the High Castle and my 1974 novel about the U.S. as a police state called Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said. I'm going to be very candid with you. I wrote both novels based on fragmentary residual memories of such a horrid slave state world. People claim to remember past lives. I claim to remember a different, very different present life. I know of no one who has ever made this claim before, but I rather suspect that my experience is not unique. What perhaps is unique is the fact that I am willing to talk about it. We are living in a computer programmed reality and the only clue we have to it is when some variable is changed and some alteration in our reality occurs. We would have the overwhelming impression that we were reliving the present, deja vu, perhaps in precisely the same way, hearing the same words, saying the same words. I submit that these impressions are valid and significant. And I will even say this, such an impression is a clue that at some past time point, a variable was changed reprogrammed as it were, and that because of this, an alternative world branched off. You're probably wondering why I'm here, and so am I, so am I. Just as much as you wonder about me being in this place yeah. That's just how much I marvel at the lameness on your face You rise each day the same old way And join your friends out on the street Spray your hair and think your neat I think your life is incomplete but maybe that's not for me to say They only pay me here to play I want to hear Caravan with a drum solo You're probably wondering why I'm here And so am I, so am I Just as much as you wonder about me staring back at you yeah. That's just how much I question the corny things you do You paint your face and then you chase To meet the gang where the action is Stomp all night and drink your fizz Roll your car and say gee whiz you tore a big hole in your convertible top What will you tell your mom and pop? Mom, I tore a big hole in the convertible You're probably wondering why I'm here And so am I, so am I As much as you wonder If I mean just what I say yeah. That's just how much I question The social games you play You told your mom you're stoked on Tom And went for a bruise in Freddy's car Tom 
mommy's asking where you are You boogied all night in a cheesy bar Plastic boots and plastic hat And you think you know where it's at yeah! You're probably wondering why I'm here Not that it makes a heck of a lot of difference to you when I was in the, in the 90s, my mom bought me this book called Journeys Out of Body by Robert Monroe. Robert Monroe was a wealthy cable executive from the East Coast, but he started having spontaneous out-of-body experiences when he was 40 years old. And so he created a lab at his rich-ass crib, designed a protocol so he could study out-of-body experiences. But he's also traveled out of his body and gone to the furthest reaches. So the point is the contrast between the Kanye West shit and the shit that this guy's talking about. So this guy... He goes out of his body. I went out of my body one time. I went out of my body. You spoke about him, and after the first time you read um, Autobiography of a Yogi to talk about the out-of-body experience and to talk about waking up to the lady either yes, that you or at the end of the bed. Yes. Some, there have been two instances in my life where I've had, where you know I knew I wasn't dreaming. It was a clear, lucid thing. So there's one thing with the with the lady, but I also went out of my body when I was in high school. I my mom gave me this this book and I studied it for a long time by Robert Monroe, and by, for a long time I was trying to do the techniques, which essentially came out to right before you fall asleep, you try right when you're in that most relaxed state, you try to go out of your body, you try to roll over and get out. But I would always fall asleep, and I never could do it. But one night, one night I, I fell asleep, and then I, know, I woke up at like 3 in the morning or some shit like that, and I realized that I, I was unsuccessful. I, I fell asleep. I didn't go out. But I was tired enough where I knew I was going to immediately go back to sleep. So I decided to try in that instance. And, and I just kind of felt like I willed myself up. Like I sat up. And the next thing I knew, I was standing at the foot of my bed. But the foot of my bed had a, had a brass railing at the foot. Like you couldn't, I couldn't just, to be laying down on my bed and to be all of a sudden standing on the rug at the foot of my bed, you would have had to have levitated. <laughs> like it, it was impossible. But I, so all of a sudden I was standing in front of my bed and I knew, I was like, oh my God, that violated the rules of physics. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm out of my body. And I, I had to prep myself, like, yo, 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 relax. Because when you turn around, if you see your body, don't freak out, please, like, just relax. Sure enough, I turned around, I see myself sleeping in the bed. And I was like, okay, okay. I fucking, my door was closed, I walked through my door. And I remember this sensation. It sounds funny, but I just remember being struck with the sensation of walking through walls. It felt like walking through an open door. I went to my father's room down the hallway. I seen him in bed with his lady asleep, and I, I walked back out into the hallway. Anyway, long story short, went outside. I was leaping up in the backyard, jumping up 10 feet tall, 15 feet tall, and then I hopped over the back fence, and I was heading out, and that's when I got struck with the fear. fear, 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 fear I was like, fear, oh, fear, shit, what the fuck fear, am I doing? What if there's a demon out here? What if something's in my body? What if I can't get back to my body? I got seized with this, with this fear, and I, I was freaking out. I got to get back to my body. And next thing I knew, I woke up. I stood up in bed. Oh shit! Oh, shit, 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 shit. So that was my out of body experience. Of course, maybe you were dreaming, you know. Yeah. But it was so mundane and lucid, standing in the hallway at three in the morning, just in silence, with the same clarity as when you're just doing it in real life. And that was the last time I did it because I was afraid. I was like, you know, what does this mean? I, I'm going to leave my body? What, what will be there? The big fear was there was some entity was going to, I was going to come back. That's what we always spoke about, because the myth was when you left, the more times you leave, the more susceptible you'd be to come back to find the entity waiting for you at your body or <laughs> trying, to, trying to get to your body. But mine was the same situation. It only was like two seconds, and it was fear, the being up, on the ceiling and looking down at your body sitting 
in a position. I went back in immediately. There was no uh, exploration or anything. It was just ultimate fear, like ultimate shit. literally jump right back into my the body. On the tree, you better fly. If you stay on that tree, you're gonna die. The bird of the forest say to me. to rain and now the rain has gone to stream where is my love my long lost dream the ashes flew away and scattered far away and where is my love little bird didn't say Stay on that tree, you're gonna die Little bird, get away, take to the skies Go find the love that never dies Where is my love, my only song That used to laugh and sing along That used to light up, cheer my life That used to light up my poor heart That used to light up all the darkness Tracks erased by rain Where is my house The river claim Where is my love My soul refrain Rest, but I it flew. Sudden bird flat the shot and wing the blue. Sudden bird out the forest say to me, What happiness just can never be? Go as the Lord happens above. Whatever happened to my love, whatever happened to my love, go as the The day grew old, I've spent my day The sun went down and twilight came And sudden night was back again The moon across the sky Grew dim and hid away And it was so cold when the star brought the day A bird of the sky, a bird of this rabbit hole i'm listening to this guy right now called tom campbell he's a physicist it's crazy dog you i mean you you had new age people in his audience trying to ask these flowery questions about like buddhism and shit he would just he would convert every new age thing into a scientific explanation with physics no room for no fluff and woo woo shit it was all converted into science and so people were like well do people die and he was like, no, consciousness goes on. Their body is a data stream within this reality frame. The body dies. The consciousness goes on. And he talks about our realm right now is a, is a simulated frame. So, so our world is a subset of the larger consciousness, the non-physical consciousness. Yeah. So he's saying he's traveled to other subsets. He talk, he's talking about going to different reality frames where the laws of physics differ and vary in, in, like into Mobius realms, into Dungeons and Dragons realms where skies and gravity is different. And he even said, like, you can project a new body. And this is, I mean, now, hear what I'm saying. This guy's a very sober scientist. 
and all of a sudden he kind of he doesn't talk about it much, but he'll go into they'll ask him like, well, what other worlds? What can you do there? And he'll be like, you know, you can travel into other worlds as a non-physical body, or you can project a body, create a body, because a body is just a data stream. So after years of doing this, you can create a body and walk around. And he's like, and granted, there are beings from other reality frames doing that here. I believe that. Walking around with with molecular bodies that they grafted mentally, walking amongst us, monitoring us. And that's probably where you get the archetypes of the Christ or the Buddha. You get these different beings who visit with these bodies, like a Melchizedek, whomever. Doesn't that say in the Bible? Melchizedek had a body, he had no mother, and he had no mother or father. He materialized here, and when his work was done, he just disappeared. So you have these old scrolls, you know, describing these kind of beings who are just travelers from different reality frames. Yo, this dude's shit is like beyond... These dudes have mapped different lands, bro. They've mapped different fucking realms. I mean, this is a sober, hardcore, scientist, military, NASA dude. This ain't no new age guy with crystals. This dude is fucking straight as an arrow when you hear him talk. So basically, we're coming to a point. The next stage of evolution is basically the simulations waking up and knowing they're in a simulation. At what point in human evolution do you think this happened? Before? Do you think this has happened before? If we're talking about a game, games loop. So this whole virtual reality that we're in, yeah, it's probably a loop, how the Hindus say. This is a digital projection from a divine computer looping endlessly. The next phase is people leaving their bodies going to different time frames. We got physicists now opening the doors of this time frame, creating, you know, machines that materialize food and, and, and supplies out of thin air. The doors are going to open, man. My this, thing is, um, if, if, if we're about to enter that era and this whole thing is a big cycle going around, I think maybe this cycle happened around the time of the megaliths that were built on this planet. You know, maybe consciousness was high enough then to construct those type of mysteries with the resources they had at the time or whoever. You mean pyramids and stuff? Pyramids, uh, temples, um, you know, shrines wedged in the Himalayan mountains, all that fly shit from thousands of years ago. How could it not be on some Jizzah shit? I'm trapped in a deadly video game with just one man. And once you figure out who the architect is, you're going to say who created the architect. There's not going to be no explanation on where this shit came from because the infinite question will remain if you were created, who created you? Who created your creator? Who created your creator? It's not going to stop, man. It just goes on forever. That's probably going on infinitely at a fractal rate. We're starting to really see the scope of what you call God or the all. The scope of the size and the architecture, the hierarchy, is it's like if someone injected five syringes of acid straight to your brain. And you opened your eyes and looked in the sky and just saw crazy fractals going infinitely beyond and then your head exploded. And then your spirit came out of your head and was just still seeing rainbow fractals infinitely and then its head exploded. That's how big the all is. That's how insane. I can't even say the words to this shit, man. You can't. There's no way to describe this shit. It's a thin line between fear and acceptance. Just to accept the insanity, the love, the love and insanity at the same time. But it's even beyond that. Ultra levels. I'm just like blown away. Like, what are the implications of a of a humanity really waking up inside of a simulation? What does that mean? You know, when when our whole society's uh, frame of reference, everything what, changes. Every the what, whole reality changes. 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 That's the next level that we're talking about. People materializing out of nowhere, beings from other reality frames in made up bodies that they've made up mentally. He was talking about how he could project himself into the mind of beings in other reality frames or just travel in non-physical realms just like a camel walking around in, in their Mobius spectrums. That's what I think Mobius was saying, dude. He was seeing other reality frames because if you look at those, those landscapes he's painting and those cities, 
they're they're kind of like ours, but they look like they're either prehistoric or they're futuristic or they're a hybrid of both. They're both because no, it's it's it, if nothing else, it's, you know, some of this shit does look like mechanical technology, but when you have a mechanism that's powered by something organic or something cosmic, you're you're still bonded. You're not, um, you know, you're not. If if the grid goes down, you're not fucked. <laughs> It's like some Star Wars or some Ewok shit, man. And I know yeah. it sounds a little fuzzy, but it's like it's a marriage of technology and keeping a natural Earth environment. So it might look prehistoric, but right. it could be new or old, or it could be a marriage of both. And they can't exist. It doesn't have to be this corporate landscape where the more technology you get, the more you have to deplete the land and the surface. It doesn't have to be like that. Episode 16 of the Emerald Lane Podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. Thank you for the support. Coming at you from Los Angeles, California. My name is Sonny Coates. I'm the pilot, the architect, the servant with you here. I'd like to take a moment to refer everyone to the new website for the company, Emerald Lane Solutions. It's em-lane.com. m-lane.com is the company site. And I'm going to ask that please, out of the kindness of your heart, if you support this podcast and what we do to donate. Anything you can, it would help out. These things are very labor-intensive and take about three weeks to produce. There's a lot of editing and contemplating and 
blah, blah, blah. So thank you for that. And now that's out the way. I'd like to just say finally that if you're out there and you're giving your heart in any way, trying to pick yourself up or see your vision through is you got to keep going through all the chaos and the clouds you got to believe in your intuition you got to keep pushing forward you mustn't give up you know you mustn't give up so until the next time end of line